I'm Dylan Stafford, and welcome to Drive Time, UCLA Anderson's podcast about some of the most interesting and ambitious people in our community. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. Today, I'm with Dominique Cagle. Yay! And we are um, obviously on Zoom on a Thursday afternoon. We are 25 hours away from graduation. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and just, you know, um, Dominique is, is one of the six people who were um, selected by, their, by her peers from the class of 2020 to, um, to be this, this, summer, this summer version of Drive Time, where we really want to honor the accomplishment of the class of 2020 with these exemplars of, of the whole, but, but you know, specific stories. And you're gonna to get to hear Dominique's really inspiring life story of education and family and, and pursuit of excellence and making a difference. And um, if you're a new student and you're listening to this, we wanna inspire your thinking. You know, part of the goal of graduate school is to take someone who's already aiming high and aim even higher. So we wanna accomplish that. Uh, we want to introduce you to Anderson. You're going to hear a lot of the wonderful lingo and jargon. And, and we want you to, you know, walk in the door clear that this is a build your own adventure. And it's, it's a promotion you've given yourself. You accepted your admission offer at UCLA Anderson. And there is a safe space waiting for you. There is a, a career laboratory. There's a learning environment. Um, there really is the opportunity to build your own adventure. And I think as you hear, Dominique, it's going to be a little bit easy to get intimidated by her, but don't do it. She's a human being just like the rest of us. She um, puts on her jeans one leg at a time. And she's also very high accomplishment. And, and that's the kind of people that big people surround themselves with. If I want my life to be big, I want to surround myself with other people who want their lives to be big. And our energy begets, begets that energy in each of us. So um, that's what we're trying to accomplish this summer. And, and Dominique, um, we, we were talking beforehand. Dominique and I met two years, 11 months ago today. On July 11, 2017, I called you out of the blue. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> yes, it's you did. This is an admission dean trick. Just call people when they're not expecting it because you get really candid answers. Um, and, and at the time, before FEMBA, you were working with um, GSK. And now as, as we come to graduation, you've, um, you've got a new company, a new role. You're now with Genentech Roche, where you are working as the insights leader for global product strategy. You're the mother of two children. You have a 10-year-old and a six-year, almost 10-year-old and a six-year-old. You are a single mom, um, and uh, those single mamas, <laughs> single mamas, and and you have done FEMBA out of area from Sacramento and San Francisco, um, and you also, by the way, have a PhD. And um, I have to get it out and read it. In it's because it's long in medicine with concentration in infectious diseases and virology. You spent ten years at the University of Nevada, Reno with uh, two undergraduate degrees and a PhD, and you're working in your field. So you are one of our amazing um, women from STEM who are making STEM happen. So if, if those of you who are listening are not impressed yet, 
just hang on because you're going to get even more. So in what I would also just add to all of your educational accomplishments, I have talked to you multiple times over the three years and you're never not, I've never seen you not in a, just in an optimistic forward looking presentation of yourself. And I don't know what it takes to maintain that with everything you have on the, on the plate, but I just love that about you. So that was a very long winded way of saying, welcome Dominique. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure and an honor to be here and um, to have been selected. As I was saying before, I, I don't know what I've done to make people want to hear more from me because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I talk too much. <laughs> At least that's what I've been told. <laughs> Uh, my whole life, but it's okay. So anyhow, um, I really do appreciate the opportunity to be here. And um, I really hope that uh, some parts or elements of my story resonate with um, some of our uh, potential students and entering class in 2023. And, um, you know, Hopefully it'll help them to, to really uh, solidify knowing that, you know, UCLA Anderson is such a great place and um, they can see themselves uh, as an active um, member of, uh, of Anderson and what we stand for. I love it. I love it. Okay. And I like a challenge. So we've yes. got a lifetime of people who say you talk too much. We're going to prove every single one of them. <laughs> Yeah. We're gonna no, go. Kidding. We're gonna go, Joe Rogan. We're gonna go like four hour <laughs> podcast. We're gonna get everything, everything that all those people should have been listening to. So, <laughs> well, why don't we? Why don't we start with with? Um, you know, I, I always think it's helpful for folks to you know, you know, tell us about you growing up. Where did you grow up? You know, like kind of kind of give us your story. You know, way before your MBA started. You know, take us back and. And bring us from from your childhood forward. Tell us about you know your parents' big influences as you grew up. Yeah, so um, I grew up in Reno, Nevada, and um, I had I was the bossy older sister of uh, <laughs> of a brother and a sister, and um, who I just love dearly. My sister still lives in Reno. My brother lives in Utah, um, and yeah, so grew up in Reno. Grew up. Um, and being the only black person in in uh, predominantly white settings, mm. um, so that's just part of my experience. And uh, you know, it, but but it was kind of a I don't I don't want to say maybe a good thing, but it certainly uh, prepared me for um, later on, you know, in my lifetime where I'm in situations uh, consistently where I am the only person of color. Um, with that being said, uh, I always, what's the, what's the age, what's the age gap? Sorry. Between your brother and sister. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, uh, my, my brother is two years younger than I am. And then my sister is, uh, five years younger than I am. So, oh, so you really, <laughs> oh yeah, I was totally the boss. Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers watching Rugrats, but, uh, <laughs> Rugrats, there's Angelica and my brother and sister always called me Angelica. And they said, I was like the mean bossy older sister. I'm like me? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't be. It couldn't be. So yeah, I always loved science. And, uh, in fact, my dad actually, I think is who turned me on to science because he was going to school for, um, to get his degree in biochemistry. And so I remember, reading his textbooks on microbiology and anatomy and physiology. Um, and it always just, I, 
I loved I loved biology, and so went through high school. He was, he was going to school. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. He was going to school later in life. You got to watch your father go to school. I wouldn't say later in life. My parents, my parents were young parents. My parents oh. got married when they were 18. They oh, had okay. me when I was 20. Um, I remember reading those textbooks, really enjoying it, going through high school, uh, taking a lot of um, science classes, went to school, went to college, um, uh, basically majoring in biology, biology and biochemistry. And so those, that's where my two uh, degrees are in and um, really trying to decide how I was going to apply my love for science and my desire to really um, kind of help people be the healthiest versions of themselves and, and really promote health, um, what, whether that was going to be through pharmacy school or um, as a bench scientist. Um, I had worked in a pharmacy for a number of years and so I uh, decided that what I really, really like is, is digging in the weeds into si in, in science and I wanted to learn that scientific method. You, because you, it's not a double major, you actually earned two undergraduate degrees. Yes. But not if I'm, if so, but biology. Yeah, sequentially. What, what's, how does one go about, because I don't see that so often. How, yeah. how does one earn one degree and then, because three years later, then you earned your second. So it was biology first, then biochemistry? That's right. That's right. What, because, what, yeah. What's the logic yeah. of two undergrad versus a master's degree? How, why, why did yeah, you? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And I could certainly could have done that. Um, but you know, at that point I had already had the credits. It just came down to credits. Okay. Um, I only needed like a minimal amount of credits in order to get my second degree. So, okay. so while I was working, I was working full time and going to school part time and oh. then decided, I know, hmm. <laughs> Getting ready for a film or something. Yeah, good, good practice. Um, so yeah, uh, that's, that's the reason behind that though. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And, and then when, when it's time to apply for your PhD program, do they, do they observe two bachelor's degrees and say, I mean, they're both in the, they're both sort of pathways towards the yes. discipline you want to focus in for your PhD. And then is, is that, does that replace a master's degree? I guess it did or. Um, you know, so you, you bring up a good uh, point. Many, many institutions will grant a master's uh, like within the duration of you oh, completing okay. your PhD. Um, however, I, I don't have a master's. Uh, well, now I, w I will soon. <laughs> but, um, but no, you can, you can just go and get straight to get your PhD. Um, you have to do what's called a defense, um, uh, essentially, um, or a, a, a master's defense, okay. uh, which is usually about two years after you have been a student. And, um, and that's kind of the deciding point, whether or not you can continue to get your PhD or you graduate with your master's. Um, and so if you do that and pass and continue with your PhD, some institutions give you a master's and also a PhD. Ours didn't. We okay. have a PhD. So, yeah. So but I uh, went to school, uh, studied uh, viruses, uh, which I think are just fascinating um, and scary. And, um, you know, obviously with my previous exposure and, uh, you know, expertise in, in virology, um, I've always said that 
Viruses and cancer are some of the uh, uh, most fascinating and scariest uh, biological agents on the planet uh, just because they can mutate so quickly and, uh, and um, you know, and, and, and adjust to the settings, you know, that they're in, in the environment that they're in. And of course, now we're, <laughs> we're sitting in the middle of a pandemic uh, caused by a virus. Um, so hopefully that means that we'll, we'll have some more funding in infectious disease because <laughs> it's important. So just very quickly, uh, did my PhD, graduated three years later, went to Utah. I chose Utah, University of Utah, because my brother lived there and so I had family. Um, and there is where I got uh, my expertise in immunology and oncology, like cancer, blood cancer specifically. Um, and uh, did that and then kind of came to a crossroads where I kind of wanted, had to decide whether or not I was going to continue down the academic route and become, you know, and, and continue do, to do academic research or should I go into industry? And, and, and when, when I say industry, I mean the pharmaceuticals industry or biotech industry, um, where, you know, bench, bench research is, is uh, you know, is, is done a whole lot faster, but also for the specific aim to bring medicine, you know, and treatments to patients. And that really resonated with me. Uh, also, it, I thought fit better with my life goals as well as my personality. Um, so, uh, after my postdoc was complete, I then moved into industry and skip ahead a few years. I, uh, then I was at GSK, um, and, uh, wanted to, um, get a better understanding of how business works because I understood, um, the science and clinical development, um, aspect of, of healthcare, but, uh, I'm also working for a business and in order for me to, uh, succeed, uh, or I shouldn't say only, only way, but one of the ways that I can um, potentially cement my um, success in this industry is to understand the business element. And so that's why I came to Anderson. And did you, did you have a mentor? I mean, was it, was some people have a very sharp MBA aim, other people, it's more sort of a general, I think this would make sense. Some people, it's an intuition. Other people are getting directly coached. How, how was it coming to the fore for you? For me, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to, I, I had zero previous exposure to um, many of the business foundation concepts that we, mm -hmm. you know, that we, that we got in our core. So it was important for me. I had like I said, I'd had some exposure working in, in a company, uh, but yeah. again, it's limited uh, to your particular role and position and, and the company you work for. And so I wanted to be able to get that foundation. And then did you, did you have uh, alumni connections to UCLA? You know, how, how did UCLA specifically start to be on your radio, radar? radar? Well, you know, it's it's uh, quite in interesting. I actually knew no one at, uh, at UCLA, um, but I always, uh, I always loved the school. I loved LA. And, um, and so I had been applying actually to a number of schools in Southern California and um, UCLA was my top choice. Actually, UCLA, UCLA was my top choice 
period. Um, and, um, yeah, and I'm here <laughs> and, and just, yeah, it's but, incredible. But here again, at that phase of your life story was Sacramento to here. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't know anybody before I applied. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, people always say, what's your marketing plan at UCLA? And I, you know, I could, I can say a bunch of stuff about paid search and analytics, or I can be honest and say, I work at UCLA. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Incredible people find us because we're UCLA and I get yes. zero credit, honest to God. No, no, that's not true at all. Well, but, but my job is to just be appreciative of the magnetism that UCLA is for 125 different graduate programs of study, plus mm -hmm. the most applied to undergraduate citizenry in the United States. You know, it's like, yeah, people choose to bring themselves here, you know, laser focused, or I just, I want to have that experience. And, and our job is, is to, you know, kind of deal with that embarrassment of riches and, you know, try to build a wonderful community as, as best we can with more people than we have seats. And, you know, Certainly. yeah. Yeah, and I think a part of it too was that um, I went to UNR, which is a you know regional school and uh, smaller. And I thought, oh, it'd be really really cool to go to UCLA. Uh, you know, again, it's a number of reasons. Um, and did you consider yourself? You know, we use the words. I'm a career enhancer. I want to go deep where I'm already located. I want to switch. I want to explore something new, or even entrepreneurship. You know, I want to start my own thing or learn how to be able. How did, what was your self-evaluation that summer when we started, when you started to hear those words? Are you a switcher, an enhancer, an explorer, entrepreneur? Uh, certainly an enhancer. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm pretty linear, I guess, in that way. In that, uh, <laughs> uh, very myopic. It's like, this is my lane and I'm staying there. So, yeah, it's. I, I like the word focused. You can say myopic. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's, it's also served Sorry, you very another well. One. <laughs> it has served you very well. So thank you. I, I love it. You know, I'm still, you know, even in these times of COVID where, you know, we're working from home and, and I don't know about you, but uh, the, the working hours have gotten a little longer and longer <laughs> um, oh. and all end days completely exhausted. Yeah. I love it. I still love my job. I still wake up every morning just so excited also just so um, humbled and appreciative that I get to work on some uh, in an area that I love. Yeah. Well, tell people, cause I'm sure people are curious because spring quarter of 2020 was a fire drill, you know, just like, okay, we're going virtual everybody. Yeah. What was, but you had already been in the hybrid. You had more experience than most cause you had used that pedagogy already. But what were some of your observations for yourself personally, for other classmates? You know, what is this for, for people who did not live through spring quarter 2020, everything yeah. virtual instantly, what, what were some things you remember about this quarter that stood out to you watching it happen? Already having been in the flex program and the online hybrid format certainly helped because it wasn't, a, you know, like a huge shock in that regard. It also helped for me because I was only taking one class. I had a, oh, okay. I had intentionally uh, taken a class during gap um, so that I didn't have to take two classes my final quarter. Nice. And I'm so okay. glad I did. 
<laughs> just because it's a lot, it was a lot uh, trying to balance, like you said, uh, between work and school and my kids. Um, um, with that being said, I, I, I do have to acknowledge the tremendous compassion that uh, our, our faculty have demonstrated in terms of, hey, guys, this is weird. These are weird times right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody try their best, but also too, we know that everybody is in a unique situation because we're all collectively in that unique situation. Mm -hmm. And now is perhaps not the best time to evaluate somebody on the same, you know, um, academic rigor, not to say that things were easier, but I think just the, just the, um, the faculty kind of acknowledging that this is a tough time in terms of, you know, people trying to balance work, uh, or if they are not working, the, the stress related to that, you know, there are many working parents, but, you know, like myself, who are, who are femme, uh, students who are trying to do those things too. And so, you know, a lot of times I'll, uh, I'll think, if you give somebody the opportunity to kind of uh, cut back a little bit, you can tell them, okay, it's okay, I get it, it's, everything's okay. Most of the time, that actually, that gives, that, that encourages them to even dig in more, I, from, at least from what I've seen, just because they're, you've removed the element of stress uh, away from it uh, yeah. with the associated task. At least I know that's for me. So anyway, um, I actually dug it in even deeper, and uh, you know, it maybe it wasn't it wasn't perfect, and it, it was certainly spotty, you know. But uh, I wasn't as consistent as I'd like to be typically during the quarter. But uh, but yeah, um, I I think that my for my fellow um, classmates who were moving into the online environment for the first time, um, a lot of them said it was challenging, but also acknowledged that our professors were so understanding and willing to help, willing to change formats and, um, and, and deliverables to that better suited the, the times. Your children are, are nine and six, so is that kindergarten and third grade or fourth? Yeah, kindergarten and fourth, yeah. Mm -hmm. Kindergarten and fourth, okay, mm -hmm. and, and so they were home also? Yeah, yeah, you're right, I forgot about that. Not only am I being mom, I'm also being teacher, so yeah. that was fun. <laughs> I mean, we've yeah, had, I don't like that job. <laughs> we've, had, we've had four Zooms happening in parallel in our home. And yeah. we, we had to get a new uh, new router and <laughs> upgrade our service because we yeah. had second grade, seventh grade, my wife's business, and me trying to keep mm -hmm. up with admissions this last, I think this is week 14 for me. Um, and both of my children also, they finish seventh grade and second grade tomorrow. And yeah. you know, I'm not unique. This is just, you know, American families. Is you know, right. COVID. Right, oh. exactly, exactly. And so, yeah, trying to focus on exactly what needs to get done in uh, the most efficient way, I think is certainly something that I, uh, I learned during FEMBA. It was, that was, <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know, definitely a skill that I uh, 
have taken with me uh, into other, you know, other areas, including, including work. <laughs> well, let, let's start to transition into FEMBA. But before we do that, do you, you have, you, you made a slide we could show, right? You're oh, kind of okay, sure. Yeah. I'll just quickly walk you through. Yeah. So this was pre-Anderson. Um, I put obviously Nevada's logo because uh, I wasn't born there, but I spent all my life there and spent 10 years at the university um, and very thankful to be, uh, to have had that opportunity um, and so, yeah, this, this uh, leftmost picture is uh, the day that I um, graduated with my PhD. Um, this oh, you here, got to wear the, you got the, the, the PhD gown has all the extra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where that is, actually. <laughs> I've never worn it again. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's not like a day, it's not a daily wear type thing. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> Save it, save it when your children go to a Hogwarts party at some point. You'll Yeah, exactly. You're like, here, you can have this. <laughs> be Professor McGonagall or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and let's see. And then this here is a picture of me in the lab in, uh, at the University of Utah um, as a postdoc. Nice. And so I've got a little Utes. You, uh, go Utah Utes. Um, even though I don't have any degrees from there, but I spent three years there and uh, that were pivotal in shaping... Uh, you know what I'm doing today. I've not um, I've not been to the Nevada campus, but I have been to the Utah campus. It's so gorgeous with the with yeah. the, the vistas. I mean, I'm like, this is a this is like Orange County. Everything's just perfect. <laughs> it is. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I, in fact, there were many days where I would be uh, working and I would do an, I would do some work and do like an incubation and. Uh, and I would have like a few hours to uh, incubate something. And so I would go because right behind the uh, university, there's a, there's a trail because uh, oh, yeah. the mountains are right behind. Right. Yeah. And so uh, it was, I just loved it there. It was gorgeous. You're absolutely right. And so, yeah, there's a picture of me running. Uh, I love to run. Um, and there's a picture of my daughter, Savannah Aww. and son, Elijah. Uh, this was before Anderson. So Aww. yeah. They were little. Aww. Yeah, they're little ones, yes. Oh my gosh, my daughter, she was trying her best to make me cry. <laughs> uh, yeah, when I, when I submitted my, um, my final, final exam, um, which was Friday, like at 8.30 p.m., and uh, submitted it, and like, of course, this whole like, just rush of relief goes over your body. And uh, so I told the kids, I'm like, yeah, your mommy's done with school, finally. <laughs> and my daughter's like, I'm so proud of you, mommy. And I'm like, thank you, thank you, you know? And she's like, no, mommy, but really. And then she just hugs me and both the kids hug me and I'm like, I'm not crying right now. <laughs> I'm not gonna cry right now. I know, <laughs> who's cutting onions? <laughs> yeah, but uh, they're, they're um, they, you know, I, I tell them that I, I do this, uh, to demonstrate to them that we all, um, no matter how many degrees we have, no matter how old we are, no matter what we think we know, we always can learn something new. We can always get better. We can always reinvent ourselves. Um, and so, um, you know, showing that, demonstrating that commitment to lifelong learning is, is a L to the third lifelong learning. That's something I always think about. Mm -hmm. um, demonstrating that commitment to them is important. And um, I, I hope to be able to pass that on to them. So. Well, and I, I think, you know, for, for Savannah even more, just cause she's older and girls maybe grow a little quicker than boys mentally, they yeah. all say, 
Yeah. Um, you know, so so this was her second, third, and fourth grade years of life. She's yes. watching mommy, you know, get on an airplane and and you know stay up late on Friday and Saturday night and study and so she'll remember it. You know, I mean, she'll both of your children will see all the diplomas on the wall, but she'll actually remember. Yeah, and I hope that's that's definitely it because. Um, Part of the reasons why, uh, another reason why I worked so hard is because I saw my parents work so hard mm -hmm. um, to provide for us. As I mentioned, they were young uh, parents, and so my dad worked three jobs. I remember that very clearly. My mom stayed home and took care of us. So she was the primary, you know, child raiser, and you know, I had everything to, uh, you know, I had to thank my mom for, you know, the, both my parents, but my mom especially for uh, the person that I am today. But they provided, they worked, they provided, you know, as much as they could. They, you know, their blood, sweat, and tears, that hard work ethic uh, certainly was something that they instilled in me. And to, to be able to live the life that we want to live and to also to give back to our community. And so I said all of that to say that my kids, um, while they might have more things, uh, you know, during their childhood, they could go on more trips and all those things. Um, they certainly have more uh, things and opportunities, uh, perhaps, than I did growing up, um, and that's intentional, you know, that's in intentionally done, um, but also, too, I want them to know it did not come for free, and it, <laughs> if you want anything, you have to work, and so I hope that they see that um, <laughs> you can be smart, right? <laughs> Uh, and you can be uh, polished and successful and you can know the right people, but without hard work, you, you know, you will, you will never reach your fullest potential. So uh, that's my aim is hopefully to, to show them that. You know, family is so, it's so obvious and yet it's so much, it, there's so much that's hidden about it, you know? So your mother and father, you know, your mom, you know, with her commitment at home, your father with his commitment in the sciences, you know, they, they show us how to do it. And then, you know, children give us a reason to do it, to pay oh, it forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. You said it perfectly. Yeah. It's a, it's a funny thing. I, I just, yeah. Yeah. I'm the oldest of three also. I was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Were you bossy like me or was it just me? <laughs> no, I was not bossy. I was like, I pretended they, you know, I just pretended I was an only child, which never worked. <laughs> you know, I tried, to, I tried, because they were, there's a four-year gap between my youngest brother and my sister was in between. So they yeah. were more almost like um, Irish twins a little bit. So they had yeah. their own kind of vibe. And yeah. I was, I was a little bit older at the level where, like, we, our schools didn't overlap. Their schools always overlap. But, you know, I love my sister and brother. You know, wouldn't train them for the world. And oh, of course not, yeah. Out. And my mom also, she took 10 years out of teaching to, to be a mom for, yeah. you know, up until the time I think my brother was in kindergarten and I was in fifth grade, then she went back to school and, and, you know, and I watched my parents wrestle with life and, you know, that teaches me how to try to be a decent husband and a consistent, decent is not so hard, but consistent, like just, you know, be steady, try to, try to keep a partnership fresh and yeah. And then, and then for kids, it's so, it's so motivating. You know, I, I'm just, I've been telling people, you know, like education is going to reinvent. I mean, our society is going to reinvent itself. Right. We're at a nexus on so many different fronts right now. We're in the midst of it now, I believe <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, 
and wow, you know, just like, okay, mm -hmm. be the change you wish to see in the world, model the behavior. You know, mm -hmm. I always want my kids to see a happy husband, yes, a happy sure. human being, you know, a happy man, because I'm raising two sons, so yeah. I want to model, and you got to work within that, and, right. you know, and you got to make your choices, and choices have consequences, and right. I just think, I just think it's cool that, yeah, I think that, that your daughter really will remember. And then, you know, little guy, what's his, what's your son's name? Elijah? Elijah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he'll, he'll see the pictures and watch the videos on your phone. But. <laughs> right. No, it's, yeah, it's true. But I do, I do hope, uh, like I said, because that's part of the reason why my daughter's like, I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks. You know, cause I don't want it to be about me at all. Honestly, I want, um, I want it to be more about um, the impact that I have on people. Um, even through my work, I, I strive to do the best work that I can do because I want to make sure that we're doing the best thing for human beings and for patients. Mm. In the same way that, you know, I'm doing um, a lot of these, uh, that I carry my life in such a way to, um, to help provide opportunity for my kids. I want them to understand that there was work behind that, but I don't want it to be about me. I want it. I want really for them to see, okay, these opportunities, um, you know, they were, they were, uh, worked for, and now I'm going to take this opportunity that I'm going to continue to build on it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I do want them to appreciate the, the work that went into to that. So, but I don't necessarily want it to be, uh, about me let's tell people about the middle chapter of our story, which is your FEMBA experience. Cause you very much, you chose UCLA, you chose to get a business degree. Um, yeah. you know, I'm still, I still can't even, honestly, I still can't even believe it. I, uh, I'm just so, so grateful for that opportunity. And I'll say that till the day I die. It's the best, one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah, it was. And that wasn't scripted. <laughs> I didn't get paid to say that. <laughs> no, no, I don't even get to give you a t-shirt or anything because we're doing this over Zoom. Yeah, where's my t-shirt? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure something out. It's going to come later. <laughs> Actually, I give everybody a copy of my book who does these interviews, but I'm going to have to mail it to you. So I got to get yes. your address offline. Well, <laughs> so, so again, you know, I really want to, you know, I do want to put the spotlight on your class of 2020. Yes, for sure. Yes. And I really want to pay it forward to our class of 2023 and beyond, you know, because these podcasts continue to support people even, you know, years later. So, so there you were, you know, take me back to the summer of 17. People are curious, like, what's it really going to be like? And everyone's journey is going to be different. Build your own adventure. But yeah. like, when you reflect on FEMBA, you know, this, this quarter, you, you had one class, gave yourself a little breathing room. Yeah. Um, you know, like what, what do you remember? What stands out? One of the highlights of my Anderson experience was leadership foundations oh. and uh, getting to spend so much time with so many just interesting, incredibly intelligent, passionate people um, from, you know, all over the country and in, in so many different industries. Um, and everybody like you said, making that decision to be there, right? And so, because when you make that decision 
it's like, okay, I'm, I'm like, I'm here, I'm all in, right? And you, it's no like, kind of, it's not like lackadaisical, right? Um, if, if it is, you're in for a, <laughs> it's not going to be enjoyable. Yeah, you're not in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> really got to jump in with both feet, right? You know, yeah. like just, it's not forever, but it's for this window and, and I need yes. to bring my A game. Yes, for sure. And whatever that A game looks like, right? Because there are going to be trade-offs and there are going to be certain times uh, within your, your FEMA career, or uh, yeah, w within your Anderson career where, um, you know, you just can't give 100% in every little thing that you do, right? But, um, but certainly, yeah, you've got you've to you've be committed because it's, it's, uh, it's not for the faint of heart. But also that's one of the sources of pride for me is that yeah, I did a, a pretty darn rigorous uh, program for three years while I was juggling, you know, work and on top of being a mom. So, and it shows in, um, in not only in the ratings, you know, for, you know, rankings, I should say, um, but also just personally for me in the types of conversations that my, that my fellow classmates and I have when we're out on a trip somewhere, you know, it's, it's interesting the types of conversations we have. They're very intellectual. <laughs> the leaps and bounds of knowledge, uh, uh, you know, for me, that basically the knowledge that I've learned here is, is substantial compared to what I knew before. And, mm -hmm. you know, not just surface level. It's, it's, uh, it's been very rewarding for me. So, so leadership foundations, kind of the coming together of, you know, we, we, I love, you know, equity, diversity, inclusion is, you know, coming to the fore. It's an idea yeah. whose time has come and there's, there's so many elements to it. I always try to explain my appreciation of diversity and I don't define it probably the way other folks would define it because I, I, I see diversity of industry, mm -hmm. diversity of national origin, diversity of life story. It, uh, you know, my, my, my small starting point was East Texas, where we had black people and white people. It was a very, very small world. And, and my goal with education was, I loved my Dennis in Texas. I mean, I actually loved it. I had a wonderful childhood there, but I also had this pull to, well, what else is out there? And yes. to me, education was a pathway to that. But to start there and now to, to be accountable for building a learning community, you know, we'll have, you know, Femba, we'll have 25 to 35 countries of birth mm -hmm. in a Femba cohort. You know, we, I mean, everybody's multilingual, not everyone. Yes, but right, like, right. It's, it's not a, you know, I, I, when I learned Spanish in high school, I thought that was the height of international. <laughs> you know, I thought that was so worldly to learn Spanish. You know, Spanish is our second language in California, mm -hmm. right? My children go to school in a Spanish speaking school. It's like not even a thing, right? right. Of course, my <laughs> little Caucasian boys speak Spanish. Of course, why not? It's Culver City. You have it's to do that. It's 2020. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I love all of that. So you observe that in leadership foundations. Um, you, yeah, you, you had these intellectual conversations on, you guys did a lot of like your own excursions. Also give us a couple of examples of things that you all organized. We've had, a number of trips all across the country where, you know, a smaller group of uh, flexors, because I was part of the flex group, uh, of course, um, and some uh, non-flexors too from other uh, sections where we would go to, you know, different cities, 
you know, all around the, all around the uh, country. In fact, um, just recently, a small group of us went up to the Oregon coast and spent a weekend there. And it was, it was just beautiful. So we've done that. We've also been to Belize, um, a, a small group of us too. So yeah. Um, and then, you know, we, we, a lot of us like to travel, which I'm sure, you know, well, all of us like to travel, right? It's all about finding that time. Um, but yeah, there, there's a handful of us that make it a commitment to, um, to spend time with one another and explore new places. And so, um, yeah, so some of, yeah, those are some of the trips and yeah, the, 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 uh, they can get the, the conversations can get pretty, like I said, pretty intellectual <laughs> really quickly, but I love that. So now for, for those of, you know, for people listening, like, Oh, I want to be like that. I want to have some friends who like to do some weekend travel, you know, I mean, we also have our global immersions. We have, you know, certain elements that are baked into the experience, but a lot of what you did was more of a customized, who was like, what advice would you give future students who are interested? How did you all, how did you travel liking folks find each other? Who, who would do the logistics? How did that kind of come to be part of, because I like that it was kind of a custom element to your, to sure. your journey. Yeah, and something you said earlier uh, with regards to FEMBA or Anderson, I keep saying FEMBA, Anderson experiences, everybody makes it their own, right? Mm -hmm. For me, as you mentioned, um, uh, there's there are global immersions. I wasn't able to go to any of them primarily because, um, number one, I was I live up in Northern California, so it's kind of harder to... Uh, stay engaged and in fact that's not engaged but keep in, in touch with all of the uh, events that were happening at Anderson um, but also too I had a really demanding job in terms of uh, travel uh, I was traveling like 50 to 70 percent of the time sometimes and so I just couldn't add another trip onto a lot of travel um, you know for the for the length of time that I would be gone um, but with that being said I would I would recommend that um, that new students are not afraid to go and um, and engage with their fellow classmates. Um, I will say that it's probably easier for me because um, I'll talk to anybody. In fact, every you know, one of the jokes is like, "Oh, Dom will talk to you know can talk to a wall," and I totally can. <laughs> I've done it before, <laughs> but uh, but um, no, I, I would say you know. Um, Try to get out of your comfort zone and meet other people and learn learn from them because um, you know one of the one of the um, elements that I loved so much from Anderson is not only that I did I learn from our faculty but I also learned from my peers right and so developing those relationships really being um, intentional about the time that you spend with your classmates is of ultimate importance. And so through that, um, you know, we, we learned that, hey, you like to travel? Oh, let's go, we're gonna, <laughs> you free that weekend? All right, cool, we're going here, so. It really was sort of organic, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in fact, we were planning prior to COVID um, to going to either Barcelona or Turks and Caicos, um, Nice. That's on that's on hold right now, but uh, we hope that next year we can, you know, we can uh, organize something like that too. So, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I think there's going to be a boomerang's the wrong word, but whatever pent up demand, you know, people are going to be whenever it's sort of safe to go, people are going to, because yeah. I think some, well, I mean, everybody's circumstances are so ridiculously different. So mm -hmm. I, I don't want to speak in generalities, For but sure. that, some yeah. people will have actually saved money yeah. and, you know, and, you know, yeah, like, and then what, yeah, what are you going to do with your children this summer? Cause it's like no summer camp. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, lots and lots of road trips, actually. I'm thinking yeah. about uh, going to Mount Shasta, actually taking it up there because it's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, California is such a beautiful, mm -hmm. beautiful state. And um, so uh, going to the beaches and uh, renting, you know, renting Airbnbs and doing stuff that's more local. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you were the recipient of the Women Worth Watching Award. So tell people a little bit about that acknowledgement that happened along the way. Oh my gosh, uh, I don't even know what to say, uh, except um, I'm extremely humbled to have been nominated by you. <laughs> and <laughs> I didn't, I was not fishing for that. I was, but yes, no. it didn't happen to go that way, but it was, it was the Los Angeles Business Journal, right? Am I remembering right? Um, no, it's, um, no, actually they, I think they are affiliated. But okay. yeah, they're affiliated, yes. Um, but yeah, it's the women women uh, worth watching. Uh, they publish two journals every year. Okay, yeah, um, sorry, I'm confusing. Yeah, no, but yeah, I think they do um, contribute, yeah. Oh. Um, where they highlight um, essentially just profiles of uh, women doing things all across uh, the country, um, you know, in their respective industries who are just trying to uh, make an impact, a meaningful impact in people's everyday lives. Well, tell people a little bit about your global access program. So your master's thesis, because it was it was biotech. So you, you were able to yes. kind of leverage your expertise. That was really cool. So the picture in the middle is my gap group and uh, of exceedingly intelligent and passionate individuals. Um, you've got Taylor, I don't know if you can see my Taylor, Andre, Aditi, Christopher and Andy, and uh, we were um, we were selected to um, essentially work with Northway Biotech Pharma, who is a company or yeah who are a company located in Lithuania, and they are in the pharmaceuticals industry where essentially they they manufacture um, drugs or, or biologics uh, mainly like. Uh, proteins that are um, proteins that have therapeutic value uh, for patients and so they basically pharmaceutical and biotech companies will contract their manufacturing needs out to a company like Northway Biotech Pharma and um, yeah so our our gap project was to help develop a strategy that enabled them to essentially start their their business in in north america to expand their their north american presence so that was that was our project that's a my beautiful gap team that i you know we had it during the gap <laughs> during the gap experience you are with that team i mean you guys are tight and it you know they're it's it's a lot of love, but there are also a lot of fireworks and <laughs> a group dynamic, a little learning by living. For sure. And then especially if you've got a couple people who are uh, really alike, then you get even more fireworks sometimes. So <laughs> um, but we yeah, I, you know, and you know what, that's real life, like you said. 
and uh, and you learn so much from that very intense experience, and uh, and I certainly grew from it tremendously. And it was in, and also too one one more plug in for Gap uh, <laughs> is that for me it was able to tie in everything that I had learned, all my classes, uh, both core and elective. Um, tied it all in together and how how can we weave this into the strategy that we are proposing to our company so so yeah so that's our gap team a few other pictures uh, from my Anderson experience uh, it was a um, end of year party we've got every uh, one of those every year unfortunately we didn't have one this year but we'll have one next year I know it <laughs> good, good. Uh, Yep, uh, down here is are more pictures of my uh, Gap buddies, Chris, uh, Christopher and Aditi. And um, this was our original learning group. Um, you can see many of us are in, um, uh, stayed together for our Gap team. Oh, okay, so here that was that was Leadership Foundation's fall quarter, all the way, yes. all the way back yes. to the launch of CORE, okay. Yes, um, here are my daughter and my son um, at, the uh, Themapalooza. Yay! <laughs> yes. So, so they, they drove all the way down. You just, you know. Yeah, we did. We did. We drove. We drove the six and a half hours, and it's part of the fun. It, you know, is the is the road trip. So. Oh, and they got to because we don't always get Joe and Josie. It's it's like a big deal to get Joe and Josie. Is it? Oh my goodness! <laughs> I need to tell them that. Oh my gosh, they'll love it because they ask. They ask when when's the next time we get to go to UCLA, and I'm like. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, well, well, Joe and Josie, you know, are, yes. are obviously real bears. And yes. <laughs> um, Joe and Josie have undergraduate students that they work with. Yes. And yes. sometimes <laughs> in the summer, it's, you know, it's like, where's the head? You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> my, all, my, all my appreciation goes to Michael Fontanez, um, you know, uh, one of the directors of FEMBA. Um, he, he's, a, you know, he went to, he went to UCLA and there's certain things that you can only make happen if you are a Bruin alum. And, and knowing how to have Joe and Josie successfully attend Palooza yeah. in the summer, that's all, all, all props to Michael. Plus, yeah. he and VG and, and the team, they run the, the bouncy house zone. And so. Oh, that's awesome. And they loved it. And, they, and my kids weren't the only one. So any parents, uh, you know, it's certainly um, – that's a fun event. The kids love it. And there are so many kids, you know, running around there and they all make friends and it definitely. So it's fun. Yeah. And I don't know, I can't recognize from the tents, which if this was last year, was it last year or was it before? They look a little younger. Maybe that might be. Yeah. I think this was 2017. Oh, so that would have been your very first. Yeah. Cause yeah. last year in summer of 19, we had the bounce house zone yes. and we supersized and we had multiple bounce houses and I was just, you know, I mean, we also had the incredible behavioral um, decision-making faculty. So we had this high-minded academic over here, but then we had this bounce house. So. Right. It's it's like, it's a, yeah, it's a culmination of all of these things, you know, like that intersection, but that's our lives, right? So <laughs> you can't compartmentalize, so. And then um, let's see, yeah. and then bottom right, so which which event was this one? So this one here, this is Jermaine and myself at the uh, casino night in 2017 and we had so much fun. I mean, it just, yeah, so many of these experiences, uh, these these um, events that are put on by our, uh, the, our FEMBA council, um, 
you have to go. That's another word of advice I would give uh, to any um, incoming um, student, Anderson student, is to try, try to get to the, um, the events because they are, they are little nuggets, uh, you know, in my, in my, you know, memory that I'll never forget. And yeah. Lots well, and of yeah. Just to, to build on that. So those of you who are new, so cause like casino, like Palooza is kind of a FEMBA driven mega event. And then the full-time students, they have several sort of, um, highlight moments of the year. And I think casino night is probably one of them. Yes. Um, and, and there's this, what, what is that thing that we get the email, the once a week, the ASA digest or whatever. Yes. Mm -hmm. Lots of communication channels for FEMBA specifically, but also for Anderson overall. And, you know, you get in the rhythm of just kind of keeping your ear out because the challenge with FEMBA, but it's really the challenge with full-time also, there's not enough hours in the day. You have to pick and choose. Okay, so now I, I get accused of being an optimistic person and that's just fine. But um, so, so you've, you've generously showed a lot of peaks and highlights and, you know, that's wonderful and yay. But, you know, like what about valleys? Like where were some of the points in FEMBA? Because I also think what helps, I think what helps to get ready for FEMBA is to plan ahead. I, last year I called it plan for a rainy day, plan even more plan for a flat tire. Because I, yes. I do academic probation counseling. And as an admissions dean, I'm always curious, oh my God, did I admit someone for whom UCLA mm -hmm. was too big of a stretch academically? Right. I, I will champion for the underdog till the end of time. And it's UCLA. And yes. it's rigorous and it's relevant. But yes. I've done academic probation counseling now for several years to help out Dean Fracious because he has to run the world. And the amazing learning for me has been Wow, I'm t I'm like academic probation counseling someone with a three six and a seven twenty. How? Yeah. It's yeah. not it's about it's not about here. It's about out here. That. Yes. So so if you're a twenty twenty three, it's like build your support network in advance. Like, what if you have a shoulder injury? What if your husband wife, you know, has or boyfriend girlfriend has a something happen? Mm -hmm. What about a pregnancy? Myself or my partner? What about knee surgery? You know, battlefield promotions. My boss quits. I'm the temporary boss. Yeah. Still got to do FEMBA. And a lot of the people that I've talked to in academic probation, it, it was because they weren't really ready for, a, say, COVID. A rainy day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, a, like, a, like an unforeseen, not their fault, mm -hmm. interruption to the steady state. So but that might not be your valley and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. Oh, but. no, for sure. Um, you know, I think honestly, it's, I can think of some, of some times that uh, were certainly more challenging. Um, I wouldn't even call them valleys because uh, it's, it's all about, it's all about your perspective. Um, I was, I, you know, and I still am uh, so, so happy to be, you know, uh, you know, to have the experience and have the opportunity. Um, and so I'm like, okay, well, this just, this just comes with it. You know, there are going to be highs and lows and, you know, and you got to roll with it. Um, I will say that some of the more challenging times, in fact, one of them was uh, maybe a rude awakening for myself. Uh, I'm a scientist and um, obviously there's lots of math and, you know, I don't consider myself, but I still don't consider myself a numbers person. I'm still definitely more abstract. 
Um, but I can do, but I do, you know, reasonably well in math. And then I get in, into uh, stats and I hadn't taken a stats class for 13 years. Mm. And so I was like, oh my gosh, it was just rude awakening. Um, and so I had to, you know, double down and, um, you know, my first exam, uh, that I got back, was like awful. And I'm like, that was a blow. And I'm like, oh my God, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Oh. Um, but I just, but I did talk to, uh, talk to our professor and I said, uh, what, do, what is it that I need to do? Um, what is it that I can do to improve? What are your suggestions? And, um, and then working with some of my classmates who are, I mean, just naturally gifted at this or they do it every day. I don't know. Um, and that, that helped me. And, you know, I, I still ended up getting a B plus in the class and I was, man, I'll tell you when I got that grade, I was so relieved. Um, <laughs> well, but yeah, yeah. So that was, that was definitely, um, uh, a challenge, you know, a challenge that I had to work through. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate your vulnerability is a little melodramatic. I appreciate your generosity to say that because you could puff up and say, I'm the gal with the PhD in biochemistry. Is it biochemistry? Molecular, yeah, biochem and molecular biology. Yeah. yeah, you know, like that, right? Like like Anderson was just easy for me, but it's, it's a yeah. really broad set of specific disciplines that are covered in the eight classes of the core before, because GAP is part of core also. So very few people are just good at everything right and you know and, and I think that's like you talked about one of the high one of the one of the peaks is leadership foundations and mm -hmm. then there you are at midterms which on a quarter system, later yeah just <laughs> like if you if you did semester in undergrad quarter system is so quick and we talked about how quick it is because you did 10 years at yeah, at UNR. yeah exactly exactly it's always, so different. always in the semester because 16 weeks 10 weeks is just so much more compressed. Yep, and, exactly. And your classmates are built-in tutors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can call the professor. I can talk to the TA. I can yeah. still get a B plus. Yep, yep. One, one thing, yeah. excuse me, just to, just to put a commercial in again for the 2023s, we have this, and Dominique, this is a really cool thing. Gonzalo Fracius and, and several TAs, um, we took the David Ravitch pre-MBA math class added statistics and Excel, and it's basically a free, it's like two UCLA extension courses combined into one, and it's $104. You just have to buy the e-text. Oh, nice. So all of you who are 2023s, even those of you, remember, she has a PhD, right? She's an intelligent human being, yeah. <laughs> but it had been 13 years since she had a statistics course. So even if you are an engineer and you're feeling kind of quant comfortable, Business math is different than engineering math. Business math is different than scientific math. And business math is very much different than I was a communications major at UCLA and I haven't had math since high school. And we have the whole rainbow of people. Right. So I'm really encouraging. I'm doing it, Dominique. This is embarrassing. But, you know, I have an MBA also, but, it, you know, I couldn't run a regression if you held a gun to my head. You know, I wouldn't know where to start. It's right. not my my day to day world. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm I'm auditing the pre-MBA math and stats in Excel this summer. I have a little binder. I call it the summer of math. <laughs> I'm geeking out on it as a secret Santa. You know, I'm also helping, you know, just get the videos tight. But it's so, you know, it's like you never get done learning. And I love that about UCLA. Lifelong learning. 
I love you say, you know, like we, we organically send ourselves off to Belize and there we are in Belize having these incredible academic, mm -hmm. you know, intellectual. Yeah. Like UCLA attracts people who are high aspiration and are, you know, beginner's mind also, like mm -hmm. not done learning. Right. We never are, right? Or at least that's the hope, right? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So one valley was even that. Any other valleys you'd want to? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, you know, so on one hand, I did say that I only took one class this quarter, mm -hmm. um, which was amazing because in and it especially came in handy due to COVID, you know, this year. Yeah. Um, I took that course, I took the other course during Gap, and boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you said that, I thought, ooh, ow, I don't hear many people that who do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not a valley, but it was definitely a challenge, and that was another, you know, like, uh, you know, a, a hit to the, to my pride, <laughs> my ego. Um, yeah, but yeah, again, you know, that, I think that's just a part of life, but the, the lesson is, is we can't be the best at everything. No. We just need to try. We need to show up. And when we fall, it's okay. Get up, ask for help. None of us are perfect. And we have many other resources, like I said, our faculty, tutors, our classmates, you know, additional resources online, our own personal support systems. You know, we have so many people and things that are able to help us. We just need to show up. And if you are the best in, in something, that's awesome, you know, but, you know, if you're not, that's totally okay too. You know, you just have to be there, show up and try. So, and then if you fall, get up and get back at it, you know? And, and it, it sounds easy, but it's so you know, hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or it sounds, what's that? What's, I love that cliche about, you know, climbing Mount Everest is simple. Just put one foot in front of the other and don't stop. It's right. not easy. It's so, not easy. You know, right. but, but if you're, again, if you're new and you're listening to Dominique, like some of FEMBA is, is just common sense. Like don't, don't get off the roller coaster until it comes to a full and complete stop, right? Just stay in the, stay in your seat, keep going. And, and, you know, I get to teach the stand and deliver during leadership foundations and we, we've upgraded it since your generation. And, oh, but I loved it. Yeah. And you know, yeah. it's like ask for what you need, which is back to my academic probation counseling. You know, like I, I remember this is a stereotype, but she said it and I'll maintain her anonymity. But she said, Dylan, I'm Indian. <laughs> we don't make C's. So this really intelligent, amazing woman was suffering in silence yeah. because she had a hiccup. She had, her life had a flat tire one quarter. Yeah. She got a C. She went on academic, but she said, I haven't even told my sister. Yeah. I was like, oh, please, please, please let yeah. your sister get up under you. You yeah. know, you're on such a pedestal to your sister she would like nothing more than to actually like so it's it's like even talk to your 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 best friend your sister your brother your mother your father your colleagues at work say i don't even know what i'm asking for i just would like a rainy day i, I yeah. want a shoulder to cry on or i want a hug right right <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going to grad school at ucla i'm keeping my job i may be crazy right but i but i have big dreams yes Yes. And, you know, it, it, there, there's, I'm just anticipating there'll be moments where I'm going to need a little bit of an at a boy or an at a girl or an at a yeah. person. 
And would you, sure. would you give me that in advance? You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. More times than we think we'll need, you know, yeah. and <laughs> it's incredibly, incredibly humbling experience. <laughs> but it again, is. It you is. know, but it's, it's all, it's all a part of the package, you know, and yeah. So one other question I wanted to ask, thank you for your generosity about, about the peaks and the valleys. And I hope that helps our 2023s and beyond. The other question people want to know is, you know, is it worth it? Was it worth it? So here again, you are this time tomorrow, you maybe have your virtual diploma. Yeah. 402. So it's, yes. it's 23 hours yes. and eight <laughs> minutes from commencement. But like, how do you, how do you measure ROI? And it could be financial. It could be the time, the opportunity cost. You spend a lot of nights studying instead of watching Netflix with your kids. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you evaluate your investment at yeah. this moment in the journey? Absolutely. Um, well, you know, that's, that's a great question. And for me, it's, it really comes down to three things. The first, which is honestly the most important to me, and you can't put a price on it, are the friendships, oh. are the people that I have um, met and built those relationships along the way. As I mentioned before, they're like my second family. You know, um, you know, there's a group of us where we were very, and still are very intentional about, you know, making sure that we keep connected and, you know, that we're there for one another and, you know, giving those attaboys and you got this, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I might feel terrible about how I did on, you know, this quiz or I couldn't devote as much time as I wanted to in this class. And I'm, you know, having regrets about that. And like, no, you know what, you got this, let's go, you know, you know, get up, let's go. Right. Um, and so friendships is, is certainly <laughs> the number one, um, um, ROI that you cannot put a price on. Um, yeah. Number two would be the, uh, just the, the knowledge. And again, for me specifically, I didn't have any business background at all. Mm -hmm. zero business classes before. Um, and so, you know, there may have been times where I felt I was a little behind with um, some of my classmates who had, you know, uh, a business background. With that being said, um, I learned so much and I never once felt like I didn't belong there. And I, you know, I, 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 I just cherish all of the knowledge and, um, the resources that were provided to us, the rich instruction. You know, one of my favorite classes, <laughs> um, one of the classes that I learned the most from was what it was one of my most difficult and, you know, um, because I got a finance specialization and uh, which, venture which capital, was? venture capital and private equity was tough. <laughs> and who was, who was your professor? Do you remember? Uh, professor Garmaze. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And it was, yeah. Not, yeah. <laughs> You could play around in that class, but uh, <laughs> he's, he's he's one of those professors that you watch the other professor's eyebrows go up when he gets mentioned. <laughs> I think the dude is like breathing some rare air about. Yeah, he's really smart. Yeah, yes, um, but I learned so much. And again, you know, I didn't come from a finance background, and you know, um, I'm still not the best at uh, financial modeling, but that's okay because I still learned so much, and now I'm able to have those conversations with you know, the, my finance colleagues at my 
at my job, you know, who I actually work pretty close with, closely with, right? And so we can at least speak the same language now, right? Um, so yeah, that, and then um, the third would be the alumni, um, you know, the alumni association, the extensive alumni um, network that we have available to us at uh, as UCLA um, alums. That's so, great. Now, yeah. do you, is that is that sort of looking ahead, or have you already? That's tapped looking into ahead it? for sure. Yeah. yeah. So we're looking ahead, and not only for me to um, build that network, um, you know, with with prior, but also you know people who are behind me too. You know, I like I said, I want to. My, one of my life goals is to pay it forward. And so, um, yeah, I want to, I want to, in my own way, be a part of, of that uh, as well. Well, let's, you know, maybe you want to bring up your third slide or the look ahead slide and, and we'll start to kind of. Yes. Uh, let's see. You said you were an enhancer coming in and you've, you've done that really, or it's almost, yeah. it's almost an enhance and a switch both, right? Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, so very quickly, uh, this is just my post Anderson. The reason, so what you're looking at is our uh, Section 5. Um, Section 5 flexors, the OG original gangsta flex. <laughs> I love it. And what I love about this, I didn't know which pictures you were going to choose. Sophie used the very same slide, the, the one in the middle. Maybe she beat me to it. I know, it's, <laughs> well, it's I mean, to be fair. Sophie is, you know, is, 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 you know, the focal point, and I love this picture of her, but specifically for that reason. <laughs> it's great, but yeah, the, again, um, so I, the reason why I actually put this in post-Anderson as opposed to Anderson is just because we have a group of, what, 75, 78 individuals who I know I could call any single one of these people mm. if I needed help. If I, if I had a question, if I, you know, again, we, we are such tightly knit um, and everybody is so committed, not only to being at Anderson, but also to each other. And so um, that's something that, you know, again, I encourage any new students to be a part of, but also to enjoy. That's why it's, it's highlighted because I, I feel like I've got a, a little uh, a FEMBA family, you know, an extended, you know, my, these are extended members of my family here. Um, and then this on the on the left hand upper left hand side is uh, one of my good friends Thurl, uh and myself in Oregon, rocking our UCLA gear. I love it. I love it. Thank you. This is why <laughs> my job is easy because you just you just wear the sweatshirt and then people apply and my life is good. Thank you. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> you got built-in ads <laughs> advertisements. Um, this is my daughter, my son. Uh, this was just recently taken a couple of months ago. Um, and so you can see they're already getting so much bigger from... Oh my uh, God, they are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was, again, uh, another, another uh, FEMBA trip um, here. With, you know, again, like I said, we, we take these random trips, you know, and the groups will be four or five, six people, and then they'll be as large as, you know, 15, 20 people. Um, and these are kind of those, like I said, impromptu. Um, and then this one here, actually, I, I posted because... This was right when I walked in um, my first day at Genentech. I get off the elevator, and what do I know on the monitor? <laughs> it's a picture of me. <laughs> welcome, Dominique. <laughs> oh, and that's like a that's like a HR day one welcome. 
Yes, but I guess I didn't realize it had been rolling for like two weeks. And so when I went in, people were like, oh, hi, you're Dominique. So nice to meet you. I'm like, this is, this is cool. It was different, but it was cool. So, you know, tell people about the kind of career steps that you took and how you took them during FEMBA. Uh, you know, actually, it's a really simple and short story. Um, so when I moved out of academia into industry, I actually worked in in a business function. So I was no longer doing bench science um, because I wanted to get the uh, experience, the uh, business looking at, looking in, or working into the working in the business side. Um, and so I had done some market research and uh, things like that, and that's really what just actually propelled me to want to go to business school. Nice. Um, in order for me to do that, I thought it would be best for me to um, take a position that was field and not in-house so that it gave me a little more flexibility in terms of not having to be in the office every single day. That was my personal decision. I know many um, other uh, FEMBAs uh, who worked you know in an in office role while doing that for me i thought it might have been a little easier also given my family situation um but also i had done that so that i can get the uh first-hand experience talking to physicians i'm i'm a scientist by training but i don't know the physician or patient perspective mm -hmm. and so i was a medical science liaison for three years throughout my 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 femba career and um, that, like I said, did two things for me. Number one, it, like I said, it gave me the perspective or perspective of a, of a disease from a different angle. Like I said, you can read something on paper and you can study it and oh, the mechanisms are this, but you don't know how it affects a patient. You can't, you know, you can't read that. You can't feel that, you know, if you, even if it, there were words on a paper. Um, and so, my job specifically was to not only educate physicians on um, on my company's products, but also to help them uh, enroll patients on clinical trials for those patients who um, they were on therapies that were no longer uh, providing benefit. Mm -hmm. So I did that. It also enabled me to basically uh, go down to LA, um, you know, uh, every, about every third weekend, right. And, and do my FEMBA classes online in part. Um, so I did that for the three years and then, uh, just in January. So, uh, five months ago, um, I moved into an in-house role, um, as you mentioned before, where I am involved in, um, developing the commercial strategy for, for oncology products specifically in blood cancer. But uh, yeah, that's, that's essentially my, my career journey and, and how FEMBA kind of ties into that. Yeah, Insights Leader Global Product Strategy, right? That's the current mm -hmm. title. Yep, yep. And that's, I mean, that's an MBA title right there. <laughs> you know, and in fact, I honestly, I, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been nearly as prepared for the interviews, which were very, which were rigorous, and uh, and for this role, had I not gotten my MBA, and uh, yeah, I, I just plain and simple, I wouldn't have. Yeah, because you can bridge, right? You you've got the deep knowledge in science, and then you've got the wide knowledge of of a business training. Right. You, you can have a credibility. I loved our interim dean Osborne when he talked about, you know, how can we help our MBA students 
have a sense of their own voice mm-hmm. and the confidence to open their mouth mm-hmm. and an awareness of organizations have different pockets of power. And to, to get anything done, we have to start to be aware of, excuse me, who's the decision maker here? For sure. And, and Dean Olian, before Dean Osborne, she used to talk about, you know, she, she made her, she said, I always made my money on the margins, like we're, yeah. or not the margins, the boundaries, uh-huh. where, I could, where I could have one foot in one world and one foot in another world, and I could be the bridge. And she, she always, you know, she said, I want our MBAs to lead lives of significance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being able to, you know, I'm going to use a word of the moment, but I can code switch. I can, mm-hmm. I can, I can listen like a scientist. Right. I, I can listen like a P&L manager because we speak one language in science. We speak one language in scarce right. resources yeah. <laughs> and we need to show a profit. So right. my concerns in a P&L are different than my concerns in a, is it, is it still, does it provide efficacy? Like you said, it's a treatment right. that expired its ability right. to heal. What do we replace it with? And now yeah. you're so poised. Insights, leader, global product strategy. I mean, those are five big words, but there's a world behind each of those words. And, you know, like the first thing, when I ask you an ROI, you don't even give me like an MBA. Well, I predict that I will pay this off based on my new salary in 13.2 months. You don't give me that answer. You say, you know, well, first it would, I would say friendship. I have those goals, right? Don't get me wrong, right? <laughs> and I right. certainly, but maybe that's why I'm not a numbers person. <laughs> well, and, and yeah. again, and I mean, there's nothing wrong with running the numbers, but it's like numbers are, numbers are indicators of what's going on. Numbers are not what's going on. Right, right. So what's Absolutely. going on is that you did, you did share this, stressful, rigorous, relevant challenge with those, I mean, there was 322 people in your class, but there were 78 in your, in your hybrid flex mm-hmm. section that you specifically put in that slide looking. And I love how you put that as the go forward slide, mm-hmm. you know, that, that there's a, like who, you know, I love Bob Foster from Gap. He says three yeah. questions you ask your whole life. Who are you? Where are you going? And can I trust you? Right. Exactly. Over and over and over. And you, you know, most people are good. There are a few snakes. You want to avoid the snakes. Right. <laughs> and, and you want to, and when the people are good, you want to catch them doing something right. You want to be the manager and the director and the VP that, that brings out the best because mm-hmm. the world is big, it's complex and, and leadership is hungered for. And now your title is insights leader, global product strategy. I'm sorry. I'm saying it so many times, but I want people to get it. Like Dominique went from A to B. She went from you know, like you said, I could have been a bench practicing scientist. And awesome. And those people, I mean, they're so smart, you know, and, and I did that and I loved it and I was good at it. But there was also a part of me where I felt there's a big part of me that's not being expressed. Um, and I love to talk to people. I also, um, you know, I'm creative and I like to express that in other ways beyond you know, experiments. And the biggest thing, uh, one of the biggest things was I want to have a direct impact on patient health during my lifetime. Not to say that uh, bench research, you can't do that, but I mean, everything is just, you know, (laughs) like 
just triple the speed, quadruple the speed in uh, industry. Um, and so I wanted to be a part of that. And I wanted to be able to, you know, when I die, like, what did I do? I'm like, okay, well, I worked on these things and this really, really provided benefit to our human population. So yeah, and Anderson is a huge part of that. <laughs> okay, well, we have, um... I hope given people a deep dive look at one journey. Um, my last question is one of my favorites. Um, any productivity hack, it can be school, it can be work, but you know, like obviously you've got a complex interdependent life. You know, you're captain of the ship at home, you're going into a new role, you've been, you know, a study mate and a teammate and a classmate. So a lot of FEMBA back to the flat tire plan for a rainy day. Mm -hmm. what were some productivity upgrades or hacks or shortcuts that, that helped you to, to do what you've done to manage the travel and the, yeah. the schedules and. Uh, two things I'll say ultimate prioritization and only fighting the fire that is right in front of you. <laughs> Maybe because that's the only way that, I mean, I just do not have the bandwidth. Um, at some point, they, well, all the time, one of them is going to be over, is going to be prioritized over another. And mm -hmm. it's about what is, is going to provide for me, <laughs> either the, the most impact, either positive or negative impact. If I do not do this, okay. you know, or if I do this, what is going to be the impact? And, you know, if it's nominal, then, okay, you know, that goes in the back, unfortunately, right? At least for the time being and intensely focusing on this is what needs to get done right now. And so for both for my time at Anderson as well as work right now is, is what I have to do there. And do, um, do you have a method? Is it, is it a daily? Is it a daily list? Is it weekly, monthly? Is uh, it preset or does it change in different epics <laughs> anybody who has a flexible or i mean a, a set you know priority list i ha i mean i have in general you know the things that i'd like to do and i do that annually where these are things that i'd like to do like big goals okay. um but uh as far as uh what i want to get done i have a loose like what i want to get accomplished this week and uh, I do write that down, yes. Mm -hmm. and, but for daily, I'll, yeah, I, so I will write those down. Yeah, and it's like, what are the three things that I have to get done today? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually think like specific shortcuts help sure. all of us. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I want to learn from you, miss. I, yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> so I'm old school and I still use, uh, you know, pen and paper and uh, I'll write it out. I'll write. Okay, what do I need to do for school? What do I need to do for work? What do I need to do for, you know, personal lifestyle? I love to run. Um, what do I love to, you know, what do I need to do for my kids? I want to take them out. You know, those types of things. What do I want to do um, for my church, you know, or for my community? Mm -hmm. um, what do I want to do with my friends, or my family? So I will write all of those things out. Um, it's usually on a weekend when I have the time. Mm -hmm. And then during the week, it's like, okay, I have... I have three, I have four things written right here. These are the four things I have to get done today, right? And so, um, and I don't, I'm most of the time, I, 
there are times where I'll get 90% of it done, but I try not to go to bed until they're done. So, <laughs> but you know, but there's also just life and you know, yeah. you can't win all the time, <laughs> but you try. Think of the end, end goal. And okay. so what is, what is, what is the ultimate output that you want and go from there and work backwards, I should say. Nice. Um, right. And I think that's pretty self-explanatory. You can try your best to become an expert on, I'll use finance, for example, just because um, finance, I just completed my finance specialization. And okay. I could spend a lot of time trying to become an expert. I can go get a second PhD, you know, in finance, you know, what's my goal here though? Is my goal to become, you know, a financial expert or is it to be able to speak the language and understand the financial mechanisms that um, are, you know, that are, that impact a business's success, right? Mm -hmm. And how do you measure a business success through financial measures, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. So how to use those tools, how to speak the language. Okay. So I can do those things in significantly less time than it would be to, become an expert in one particular area of finance, right? And that's not what I want to do. I love my job. I love I love being a scientist and thinking like a scientist, and that's the unique value that I bring. Um, I'm not trying to replace that. Rather, I'm trying to build a T of, you know, broad expertise. There you and, go. But I can go deep in, you know, one, one or two areas, right? And so um, thinking about the end and then working backward and we'll, we'll – save you just a lot of stress and you know and anxiety and, and headache did you do that for femba you know three uh, years certainly. ago i'm not gonna lie yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't get a 4-0 yeah you know i wish i did but i, but I also didn't have the bandwidth so mm -hmm. again trade-offs but um i did well and i learned a lot and and um i'm very you know i'm, I'm very pleased with with uh with not only the things that I've learned, but uh, also my performance, so. Fantastic, then thank you. I, I That's my favorite part of every interview is listening <laughs> to all you smart, incredible people and see what yeah. I can steal. You know, good <laughs> artists borrow, Picasso is attributed. You know, good artists borrow, great artists yeah, steal. All the time, right? <laughs> work, work habits, any of us can adopt new work habits tomorrow. You right. know? Absolutely. Eat more broccoli, do more sit-ups, whatever it is, right? It, 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 but until I do it, it's just a, like a good idea. Yes, exactly. And then doing, having it become a habit, right? So that you no longer even think about it. It doesn't become a decision anymore. It's just, this is what I do, yeah, right? This is, it makes it, it easier. Yeah. yeah, like promote myself to CEO of my own life. Mm -hmm. Okay. Absolutely. So I'm in charge of, like you said, I want to look at my life and I want to know that I... You know, I want to make a difference. You want to make an impact in science for the long right. haul. And right. I need a business training to go with my scientific training. Like that's yeah. a long, that's the long view. You know, as we come to the end here, final thoughts, shout outs, acknowledgements, uh, words of wisdom, anything that we should have said that we didn't say, you know, from your point of view as, as, we, as we start to wrap up here. Well, First of all, thank you. Thanks to Darcy and thanks to Sam and thank you to all of my, you know, my fellow classmates, 2020 classmates who have been uh, an integral part in, um, you know, my experience at UCLA. Dylan, also thanks to you. Thank you so much again for even, like I said, 
wanting to hear from me again. And so I do appreciate the opportunity. Oh, I'm um, grateful for your time. Yeah. My final, you know, piece of advice to the, you know, incoming 2023 class or any class uh, thereafter is, I think I've already said it before, go all in. Don't be afraid to, you know, to, to be vulnerable and don't be afraid to change uh, careers or try things on for size. You know, going into the, to the FEMBA program, I never once thought I was going to be coming out with a finance specialization and I love it, you know, and <laughs> actually that's a, that's a topic of many of our intellectual conversations. Um, but yeah, so don't be afraid to try new things on for size. Don't be afraid to engage with your classmates and pick their brains and, and you know, and, and be the um, least knowledgeable person in the room, you know, and, and, mm -hmm. and learn from, from each other um, because this is the environment to do it. And so, um, yeah, go all in. You're going to fall. You're going to get hurt. Get up, brush yourself off, and do it again and, and help each other along the way. So... Thank you so much for, for the generosity of spirit with which you have, you know, shared us the, the peaks and valleys of the last three years and the 15 or 20 before that. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I really, I really love it. Um, Thank you. It's, it's fascinating to me. Two years, 11 months ago today, we had a spontaneous <laughs> interview and now, you know, your classmates suggested, hey, I think one of the top five stories, six stories of our class would be Dominique. Um, so thank you all for listening. This is Dominique Cagle, Cagle Like Bagel. You can look her up yeah. on LinkedIn. <laughs> She's at Genentech Roche, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. she is the Insights Leader, Global Product Strategy. She's also the mom of Savannah and Elijah. And, uh, and she's the bossy big sister and she's just a whole lot of people. I all am. I am too much sass. Yeah. <laughs> a whole lot of people wrapped into one, just like all of us. And your, um, your time with us is appreciated. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening. We're going to have six total 2020s. Um, we've recorded three now, Annika and Sophie and Dominique, and we've got three more to go and we'll share those this summer. And I hope they make a difference for you all in the 2023 class and even for years beyond. So Dominique, thank you so, so very much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And go Bruins, we got this. <laughs> and hopefully I'll see you all again in person very soon. Thanks everyone.